0: What's up, guys? My name is Felix. You're listening to Uwe Radio. I'm joined here once again by Jeroen Kleinbrink, author of No More Bananas, How to Keep Your Cool in the Collective Madness. And we are on to today, step seven, which is all about getting organized. What do yes. you have to say about that? Getting organized is very important. That's something I've struggled with. I feel like nearly every <laughs> single step along this way, I'm like, oh, there's,
1: there's this. Yeah, I've written this for you. <laughs>
0: No, then that, that, that it to Felix. Right? Yeah, inspired by Felix.
1: <laughs> but, but that shows that this is pretty universal. As, and I'm glad to hear that because, of course, it, I looked at these all these steps and, and looked at my my own life and tried to uh, to get organized and and follow those steps too and also look at other people. Yeah. But it's it's good to see that yeah they apply to still many other people as well. So getting organized, as as it says, it's about getting getting organized. Uh, so the previous step, detoxing yourself, um, was primarily focused on cleaning up. So you have all kind of misbeliefs, and misaspirations about yourself. Um, the next step then is okay. Now also, it's more practical. Also get organized in 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 your life, the way you work, uh, also your surroundings. And that's actually the very first um, remedy here: is cleaning up your stuff. Mm. Very literally, um, because as, as I write here, the so clutter is a fertile soil for bananas. Uh, maybe literally, but certainly in, in the way I, I mean it here, when you're surrounded by a lot of stuff, uh, it's much easier to go bananas. Because I think there's all kind of research showing that if you live in a, if you have a clean office, a organized desk, a um, organized and clean house, it's just calmer. Uh, because you can find stuff. um, And actually, this is pretty popular nowadays with with Marie Kondo and her um, way of cleaning and organizing and and folding clothes and stuff like that. So it shows that um, there's there's many people having an interest in how do I get more organized? Yeah. Uh, And that starts with with getting rid of stuff Um, because I don't know about you, uh, but I know if I look at myself, I've been trying to practice this for years... I'm a,
0: I'm a bit of a hoarder, truth be told. <laughs> and I got that from my mum. So you're collecting? Yeah, yeah I, I love a bit of uh, collecting, pick up stuff off the, off the street, stuff like this. But we actually, we moved house like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And the old house we had uh, was like massive. We had this huge apartment in Norway and we moved to a much smaller place. Mm-hmm. So we had to get rid of loads Great. of shit. And it was very difficult for me because both of my flatmates, they're easy, they're not hoarders, they're, you know, minimalist. Mm-hmm. And I was there like, no, we need this, we need this mannequin. Like it's really, <laughs> this is important for me. Yeah. But actually we got rid of a lot of stuff and there was just so much junk in my house that yeah. I don't know how it accumulated so much.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I think clean if... up every now and then, do a radical cleanup and yeah. throw the stuff away that you haven't used for a year maybe or two years. Oh yeah, definitely. And if it's, and, it's... and cleaning up doesn't mean just put it out of sight. Mm-hmm. So if you have a basement or an, an attic, don't put it there um, because that just, the, the noise is still there. It, the, the, it it still fills, literally it fills space, but also mentally, because you know it's there and you don't want to go there because it's so stuffed over there. So it means really getting it out of your office, getting it out of your house uh, and preferably not throwing it away, but giving it away to people that can actually use it. Mm-hmm. And if that's too much uh, for you, um, I, I suggest you, uh, I don't know, you put it somewhere else. So maybe you have these um, these storage places where you put it and you have to agree then to yourself that you just put it there for half a year and when you didn't miss it, that you then actually uh, do away with it. Because it's tricky, otherwise though, it's
0: because just... In, in, in the mind of a hoarder, I hear stuff like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all well and good. But what about if you need that thing? Yeah, and it's 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 the opportunity cost of of losing that thing for good, and you know that if there is a point in the near future where you yeah. need that thing and you have to go out and buy that thing, or you can't do something because you don't have that thing, mm-hmm. that is one of the most infuriating <laughs> sensations. Yeah, knowing but look, that but... you could have done that, and if oh.
1: sure, but but you already mentioned opportunity cost. Really look at the opportunity cost because that mentality makes that for every. Thinkable thing in the future you need to collect something yeah because that eats up a lot of space you need a big house for that you pay for that so there's literally opportunity cost if you throw it all away you can live smaller so you did it the other way around you went and and lived smaller so you had to throw it away but i think that's a very good a very good thing so what is the the amount of space you save by throwing it away and with that Include any and the, the the free mind and, and, and space you have, the way you feel better, what's it worth to you? And then yeah, then it might happen that some of the things you have to buy again.
0: Mm. But okay. Not the end of the world.
1: That's not the end of the world. And maybe when it's not when you when you when it's something unique that you think you really need it, okay, you can't do it. But is that a big problem? Probably not. Mm. Uh, and also maybe to refer back to the last one, um, the last step, so detox or the previous step, detox yourself, question your, ha- your habits, challenge your beliefs, because you you say, okay, I'm a holder. hoarder, hoarder, yeah, I'm I'm a hoarder, but is that is that really the case? Are you still?
0: Oh, I think I think <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say that I am. I kind of did moving house and having to deal with my flatmates who were very much, you know, just chuck it, just get rid of yeah. it, just get rid of it. That kind of opened me up a little bit more to the other side. Because last year, I like the fact that I was a hoarder enabled our flat to have stuff. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of really good stuff off the street. Mm -hmm. And I was the one who furnished it and decorated it. And it looked amazing. Mm -hmm. Large in part due to the fact that I was always picking stuff off the street and just moving it in. Mm -hmm. So with that, I kind of, you know, liked the fact that I was a bit of a hoarder. And I was like, see, there's benefits to it. But then there's also downsides, which is... It can so become a bit chronic. It's it can, ba- it's balance again, of course. It, it's it's materialistic at the end of
1: the yeah. day. and I'm not suggesting that everyone should be a minimalist and just having no furniture and in, in their in their house. Not at all. We have a pretty full house as well, um, but not. But 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 do with less than yeah. you than you can. And every now and then, so go through your your house and then see whatever there's stuff that you can get rid of. Mm. And I'm I'm always amazed, and I actually also have to be honest here. I'm not the one taking the initiative that's my wife uh, <laughs> doing that she's better in that than uh, than me but it really it really makes you feel better uh, yeah. and there's as I mentioned there's there's research on this as well is that if you're in a, in a cluttered environment your brain gets cluttered too and you yeah. don't want that
0: I can definitely feel that I always notice after a after tidying up the house yeah. there's just there's a sense of calm around it yeah in the feng shui the energy is flowing nicely yeah
1: and that's what you want isn't it
0: uninhibited okay so banana remedy 7.1 clean up your stuff clutter is an important cause of bananas therefore get rid of all the unused stuff lying in your home or office create cognitive emotional and physical space to enable clear thinking on to the next one which is getting rid of work and by this you mean work which is often unnecessary for ourselves and we tend to believe that these types of work are our responsibility. Yes. When often they aren't.
1: Yeah, so do less. Yeah. We are supposed to be busy nowadays. So if if I'm and I, I find it fascinating. If you ask people how they're doing, um, you sometimes get back the question, how are you doing? And so that's that's the normal rhythm. But increasingly and more often I get the answer busy. Or even when people I've are been asking
0: saying that a lot more recently.
1: <laughs> people are asking, <laughs> How are you? Are you busy? It's like it's it's a, it's a status symbol. It's something we are supposed to be, but actually, it's one of the dumbest things you can be. I think we need to be clear
0: on what we define as being busy. Mm-hmm. So, I think you can. Everyone has a different definition of what busy is, mm-hmm. and it's also about how you say. It. If if sure. somebody asks you how you are, and they say, "Oh, busy, man, real busy. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. tiring, stressful." Mm-hmm. But they could also go, oh, I've been really busy, it's been nice. Like, I've been doing a lot of things making make me really Sure, happy. but
1: even the, the the very fact that the word busy is one of the first words in your answer suggests that being busy is important to you, to them. It, it means that you've been doing a lot of things. And I think you, there's a way huh?
0: to, um, to look at that and conceptualize that, huh? which is completely beneficial. You know, And it just means that you haven't been being lazy. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, yeah, but, but then... You've been
0: did- achieving a lot of things and
1: but but the, also here it's it's like you you're afraid of being called lazy i not not oh, no, meaning you not personally you're afraid of not...
0: being, no 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 not that you're afraid of being called lazy but you don't want to live a life um that is lazy yeah. not so, not because of outside perception but just because it doesn't make you happy yeah. personally
1: yeah so if it's if it's a very if it's a very positive thing then of course uh, yeah. who, who am i to tell you that that's uh, But surely
0: you're a busy person yourself
1: yeah, but but I don't feel I'm a busy person. I think that's the point here. Mm. It, and whenever people ask me, my answer is never busy, uh, because yeah, I, I I always have to laugh a little bit when people answer like that, because I think what I what I often try to do is okay, I answer with okay, I have absolutely nothing to do, uh, and that makes people think like okay, hey, actually. But you're,
0: you're a professor, you have to grade papers. I have to, I have to, to do lecture-grade paper.
1: I do consulting. I write. Uh, so I get my days filled um, with a lot of interesting stuff, I think. Um, but the busyness is not the um, – that's not what it, what this is about. And the reason I can do it is actually because I also get rid of work, mm. is look at all the uh, – and that that is why it doesn't feel busy. Because I try to get rid of the stuff that I'm, uh, I don't have to do, uh, and that I think that's that's what this 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 remedy is about. Have a careful look at all the stuff you're doing, and see whether this the stuff needs to be done anyway, uh, whether you should be doing it, or whether you can do it much more efficiently. Uh, and that is, that's also in in uh, when when grading papers, for instance, uh, yeah. that what what you refer to. What I could do is read a paper, a student paper, five times in very great detail, uh, give meticulous comments on every single sentence, re- have, rewrite it, and, and spend 10 hours on the paper. That's not very efficient. Uh, that eats a, eats a lot of time. Also, with far less time, I could actually be much more beneficial for the students. If I point him or her at the five most important changes to make, that's much more efficient for me and actually much more helpful for the student. So the same with with all kind of other work. I've experienced that there's this sort of curve in the relationship between the amount of time and effort you spend in something and the effectiveness of the performance. Mm. So initially, of course, it's a steep curve going up. So the more time you spend on something, if you if it's zero time or five minutes, that makes a great deal, makes a great difference, and uh, maybe an hour as well. But at some point of time, the the curve starts to um, um, flatten, out. Fl- flatten out, and even become neg- negative. Mm. For writing this book as well, uh, I I could have spent five times as much time uh, in trying to perfectionize, perf- um, rephrase. Uh, rewrites again and again and again and it would have become a worse book Mm -hmm. whether it's a good book or not that's up to the reader but I'm sure if I would have spent much more time it would have been a worse book
0: that also depends on which task you're performing here and it has to be related to work and also something which is I think inherently creative and that doesn't necessarily have a teleological goal of oh, this has to be this. This is your personal expression. Yeah, but I would think
1: it's it, it's applicable to a lot of things we do. Is that putting more and what we confuse is I think example, quality like, and effort. It's like and and assume a direct relationship yeah, yeah. when we put in more effort that things will be better. Mm. But that's not, often not the case. Yes, initially, what I mentioned between doing nothing and doing a little bit, there's a big difference. Mm. But there's a, there's almost I think I think, every, I
0: think it's. It's not about um, the end result objectively. So no. I think if you put in more effort, yeah. a lot of more effort, you're probably going to achieve some kind of marginally better result, maybe largely better, but you're probably going to be less satisfied with it.
1: Yeah, and what uh, and as I mentioned, oftentimes or sometimes at least, the result might actually not be better. Mm. Uh, um, also with, with student work, if you spend enough time, enough is enough. Uh, and then more time might actually, because you are challenging things that were actually you're overthinking, actually, things. You're overthinking yeah. things. I think that's what's happening. happening a lot. Um, um, so that's the kind of work you don't want to do, uh, because it's actually reducing quality. Uh, so it, it's it's destroying value. So it's completely useless. Um, but it's 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 hard to sort of identify that and and realize that. And yeah, there are some other things uh, here. I think in it's this, also
0: about what I quite interesting in this in this chapter was all about accepting that some things that you think are your responsibility are not and yeah. unless it's been quite clearly defined that you have to take responsibility for this group or this task oftentimes if you're somebody who likes to you know do things their way you find yourself doing things which aren't necessarily your job and don't necessarily have to be done, but you do them because you feel like they should be done and you feel like you're the only person who can do it. Yes. a satisfactory job. Like for example, with me, with all this uh, podcast, super radio stuff, I find myself every day with um, the the urge, or mm-hmm. the, the nagging belief that I must upload a podcast every single day mm-hmm. and I must you know, manage the social media team and do this and sort out the yep. admin and everything, and send some emails. And that's been taking so much out of me. Yes. When I know that actually I don't have to do this. This is because I enjoy it. It's for fun. And I think, okay, well, you know, if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. It's like that doesn't really Mm -hmm. matter. It's still not your personal responsibility. This is a choice you're making. Exactly.
1: And and the emphasis is on both words. I must. So it's I must. Uh, And so you can question, do I really have to do this? Uh, And it's I must. Uh, The question whether you should be doing it. And this is, of course, not an invitation to be a very self-centered, egoistic person who is not doing anything for anyone else. Mm. Certainly not. Um, But it's maybe even on the contrary. Look at the stuff you're doing, free up time. And with that time, you might be able to do actually much more value-added stuff Mm. for you and for uh, for others.
0: So Banana Remedy 7.2, get rid of work, do less. Have a careful look at all the stuff you do and assess which activities you can eliminate, outsource or do more efficiently. Change your perspective on what you should do. What counts as quality? So Yeah. Stop procrastinating. Well, 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 well. This is the uh, the old chestnut. I've struggled with this an awful lot (laughs) in my life. Probably more than anything, more than anybody that I know. This has been okay. an issue for me. So this is the weak spot in all the forty-five. This is this, <laughs> is, this is my big banana. This is the, the final boss at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've I've definitely struggled with this, and also I always go through the motions whenever I have something that I must do. And, you know, I say must, but oh, yeah, that in, in is, quotes. <laughs> for example, now I uh, I had to write a big reset essay, the one about this mm. uh, about the Balkan Wars. And I've been procrastinating, procrastinating, procrastinating. And now I've reached the stage where it's past the deadline. And I'm like, well, what's the point of even trying now? Because I'm past the deadline. I know I might have to reset it next year. Maybe the teacher will let me hand it in late. Mm-hmm. I don't even know yet. I've procrastinated asking her about that. I've procrastinated, you know, writing out the first words. I know what I want to write about, but it's it's a serious problem for me. So I'd like to know what, so, what your advice would so be. So what's
1: the... Um What's the type of? Because I, there's, again, there's research on this, is there's different types of procrastinators. So the thrill seekers, the avoiders, and the indecisive perfectionists. Is there any of the three categories you. you so some do it. Is, some am, do am, it I, for,
0: am I allowed to be all three?
1: Oh, oh, oh probably, yeah. And maybe even more. So some some need need the the, the, the adrenaline. Uh, so uh, because if you're close to a deadline, you know, okay, it's it's almost impossible to do. So now. I'm get fire, getting fired up, and and still still doing it. Others do it just to avoid or uh, because they can't. Um, uh, they still think it's not perfect, so they might not even start doing something. Or, um, so is there any dominant type? Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say so. I'd say that
1: just generic. It, it maybe,
0: maybe, yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> I don't know if I subscribe to all these academic readings into procrastination. It's more of a fluid Mm -hmm. uh, entanglement of these different types. But I I would maybe say that when I first started out at university, I was more of a thrill seeker in the sense Mm -hmm. that I knew that these deadlines were hard
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I couldn't mess with them and that I had to actually pass my modules because I was on a a course called PPLE, which was uh, very strict. And the grade requirements to pass the second year were very hard as well. So I knew that if I left it till the last minute, I really would get that adrenaline. And I'd find myself like, you know, staying up all night and just banging it out and just Mm -hmm. not leaving the desk for 12 hours until it's done. Now I feel like I'm more of an avoider Mm -hmm. and I just don't like the task and I'll create other things in my head that need to be done.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um... And that you know, I can rationalize it in terms of being, oh, this is uh, more pressing, or this is you know more important, yeah. or this is, will bring more happiness yeah. to more people.
1: Yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm not not able and not here to to give you personal advice because I I no, don't know maybe you well the, enough.
0: the, 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 listener but, can the but some of
1: the things uh, things one of the things we have already seen that's the adopting a work rest rhythm and that was remedy 5.5 mm-hmm. is. Getting into a rhythm where starting the job you want to do or you need to do becomes just a habit. Uh, And that's so that you work on it every day. uh, And when you stop today, you pick up where you start, where you stop today, and start there um, tomorrow. One of the other things is uh, start every day with the thing uh, you look up to most. So, what's the most, uh, the thing you really don't want to do, and do that first. Because when you've done that, the rest of the day, ah. it's from from your uh, from your plate. The rest of the day is much more enjoyable. What if
0: the thing that you don't want to do that day is quite a, a big task?
1: Yeah, and that's that's that that the
0: make, take many hours.
1: The, the 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 last two advices maybe one is make them um, divide them into smaller tasks. Like writing a book, that's an impossible task. If you just put it on your list, okay, I have to write a book. Okay, but you can turn it into okay, I, I want to write five pages each day. Uh, so then the task is write five pages um so that's divided up and and also versioning it because i've I've, I've seen a lot of also students struggling with uh, the writer's block so getting stuff on, um, uh, uh, on on paper because you have this again this is perfection as a yardstick it should be great and this is my masterpiece and uh, when the, when it's a thesis for instance um but think in versions, and your goal is to do to write a first version, and rough what I draft. use the first first rough draft. Yeah. And what I usually find out also when I do that myself is that that lowers the threshold, makes it easier to start because hey, it's just the first rough draft. And when you have created that and read it back, um, I bet that it's actually better than you thought. So it might even be very close to the final product. Mm. So then finishing it and, and creating the final product becomes much easier too. So those are some of the things you could do to, uh, to stop procrastinating. Yeah,
0: I think the, um, the tip you just said about starting out in the morning, there's a lot of people that say making your bed first thing when you wake up is a very good way to kind of set the tone for your day. Yeah. And procrastination is all about avoiding tasks. So not just essays or anything. No, it's whatever. Just knowing that you must do something or that you, you want to do something in the long term, yeah. or but you have that kind of cognitive dissonance between the side of you that wants to do this thing and achieve this thing and the side of you which doesn't want to have any kind of immediate discomfort. Yeah. And you were talking here as well about how being impulsive is one of these things that we struggle with and that often goes hand in hand with people who have procrastinative tendencies. Mm-hmm. But I was when I was reading this yesterday, I was thinking, well... If you're impulsive and you're somebody who can make snap decisions and be like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Why not use that as well to counteract your own procrastination and say, you know what? I'm just going to fucking write. I don't care if it's 3 a.m. and I've just come back from a club. I'm just going to write the introduction to that essay that's due in three days. Fuck it. You know, there's there's no reason to think we kind of we get into these mindsets of well as of just sitting down and doing it is the horrible part. and We can't handle that. And that's going to be something where I need to be in the library for a week straight. I need to shut everyone out. It's all to do with how we conceptualize it. And it's as soon as you. Yeah. Stopped. Which is
1: again, very much about the last step detoxing yourself challenge the way you think about these, yeah. uh, these things. Actually, it might be fun. Yeah.
0: And Question. What your idea of fun is like, whenever I think about this essay that I need to write, you know, I, it's, I think I would have, You know, done a lot better at this if I hadn't have had the last week or so where I've had people visiting for the last uh, last few days. But it's still the fact that I know that actually the content and what I'm going to be writing about is fun. I enjoy reading about it. But that requires so much mental gymnastics from myself to realize. Oh, you know, what if a fun evening for me isn't going to the park drinking cans and then going pub with my friends? What if it's just sitting on my bed and reading? A fifty-page reading about Milosevic's
1: trial. Yeah, be being happy with this, the things you learn, or actually, if it's about writing a paper, you you probably look forward to having that finished and, and feel proud of yourself. Uh, this actually also connects back to um, step three, taking responsibility, mm-hmm. and especially the remedy about accepting the consequences. Because what I what I write there and what we also discussed there was was. Um, look at them as full packages. So you have the option, uh, not do anything, feel disappointed or frustrated about yourself versus uh, working on the paper, uh, spending time, getting up and and do that stuff and then feel proud or happy with yourself. It's a package deal. Uh, And when you sort of conceptualize it for yourself in that way, okay, I actually have two packages I can choose between which one do I prefer, Uh, that might help too. Um, Definitely. So from now on, you are uh, you won't procrastinate anymore. Yeah, yeah I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe don't the worry, next mom one helps as
0: fixed. well. I'm <laughs> fixed. <laughs> so yeah, stop procrastinating. Stop propo- <laughs> stop postponing the things that you should do but don't. Lower the threshold of doing them by dividing them into smaller chunks and versioning them, and start with the things that you dislike the most. On to the next thing: multitasking it sequentially. And what I understand by that is that multitask in terms of don't take breaks and when you when you've completed one task straight on to the next one
1: the the main the main idea is there's there's lots of lots of evidence that we can't multitask yeah. and it doesn't matter where you're male or female we can't there's multitask. there's evidence
0: that men are are, are better at it
1: I don't dare I wanna, to say wanna... that. But at least we're not we're not very good. Not, at, on we're not We're not very good at it anyway.
0: Maybe women are better, but there is evidence that one yeah. one gender is is slightly better than the other.
1: Yeah, and the, the general idea is that that women would be better in that, but it doesn't really matter here. I think we we're generally we're not good at that, and there's all kind of evidence that if you do work sequentially, so one task at a time, you're much more efficient, much more productive, you get better quality, and so on. Uh, so the multitask sequentially is Sort of a practical, a pragmatic, in between, Uh, which because not all the time you can just work on one task, because we have so much stuff coming to us. uh, That's but then still, what I would do is sort of packages into to a little bit longer periods of time. That when you have job A, B, and C, you have to work on. You spend an hour on A, then on B, on C, and then you go back to A. Um, So that's generic. So a practical solution. But if the tasks are very different, that might actually be beneficial, even and things better than doing it in longer periods. For instance, if you have to write a paper uh, and, I don't know, move um, or redo your house, uh, multitasking sequentially there might actually be, wor- be working pretty well because the paper requires your brain to work hard. Uh, moving stuff is more a physical activity if you inter- do that interchangeably, you could actually be much more efficient. So you first have your brain do some work, then you go and do some physical work, then you get back to to the paper. And in the meanwhile, your subconscious has processed stuff. Um, so that, that that's what I mean with multitasking sequentially. Mm. So being pragmatic, that there's always multiple things you, you need to do. Don't do them at the same time. Don't divide them into very small chunks of time because then you have to restart it all the time. But let's say spending one hour on this. It also this. just
0: keeps it interesting. And it means that you're not going to get yeah. bored of something and you can actually yeah. look forward to the next thing yeah. as being not just, okay, I'm going to do task A until task A is done and then you know, I can rest. Yeah. It's more like, okay, you know what? I'm going to conceptualize my rest as from one task being another task and another task and yeah. another task and just having kind of that rhythm. Yeah, because
1: you're using different parts of your brain or your body for yeah. the, for the next task. You know, so a, that, that's Remedy 7.4. Take a
0: rest by a, from an essay by doing some push-ups.
1: For instance. Exactly,
0: yeah. I've actually got friends that do that before exams.
1: Yeah.
0: Gets the physical and the mental juices going. So yeah, uh, Remedy 7.4, point multitask sequentially. You can only pay attention to one thing at a time. To so Still work on different things in parallel. Divide your day into time slots during which you work interchangeably on different things at the same damn time. So, onto the final banana remedy of step seven: getting organised, planning for uncertainty. I wasn't too sure exactly what you meant by this because when you make plans, you base them on things that are certain. So, how on earth can you yes. plan for uncertainty?
1: <laughs> so that sounds so like an oxymoron. Exactly. Yeah. The 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 main idea here is build in room in your calendar and your agenda for unexpected things. Mm-hmm. So don't fully fill your calendar. Don't fully fill your days. Make sure there's always time left for the unexpected. That's what what the main thing here is, and that is during the day. So when you plan your work for tomorrow, if you plan what you need to do, if you fill every single minute, you're creating problems mm. for yourself because there's always unexpected things.
0: And also if you're the kind of person who plans your days very to the max and mm-hmm. you don't tend to have any free time you're also probably going to be a person who will get quite stressed at these unexpected things and then yes. more stressed at the fact that you don't have any time to complete it yes and then yeah. you won't be able to fulfill that and,
1: and then you go bananas yeah that yeah. so, so, so that's want that. and <clears throat> I think the it, it's it's a way of not fooling yourself because I think we are it's very easy for us to fill our calendar so if we work eight hours uh, we fill it completely and if we work um, I don't know, forty hours a week. We can look ahead and plan it full with full of meetings and all kind of stuff. But you also know, then whatever you do, there's always unexpected things in private life, in business, in in, in studying. Uh, so this is just a call to be realistic. Yeah. Uh, and how much that is depends on your job. Maybe depends on how, for instance, some people more or less know what their week looks like for the next twenty years. Uh, others don't even know that for tomorrow. So that might differ. But I think as a general rule of thumb, um, leaving, I don't know, 20% open in your calendar for the next week or for the next day uh, is probably a good idea. Mm. And maybe you want to do that more on the longer run. So if you look at your plan for the next month, that over the month, you you keep a lot of space, half 40%. Uh, if it's about tomorrow, maybe 10% is enough. But it's still uh, some substantial time because, yes, there always will be things that take longer. There always will be questions you get from people or unexpected things that happen. So this is, yeah, be realistic. Uh, Don't fill your calendar uh, with, uh, don't fully fill your calendar and Mm. that way you plan for uncertainty.
0: So Banana Remedy 7.5, plan for uncertainty. Don't fill your calendar 100% with things you should do. Plan in idle time so you can respond to unexpected things. And have the time to do stuff that pops up without going bananas. And that has been step seven, get organized. Clean up your stuff, get rid of work, stop procrastinating, multitask sequentially, and plan for uncertainty. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Felix.
1: Thank you. I've been Jeroen, and see you next time. And
0: tune in for step eight, which is all about thinking sensibly, which is all something that we could all do with a bit more of. So, yeah. See you then.
1: Bye-bye.